0: Rimessa laterale, gran movimento, bella, portata, bella, tu, bella, bella, la cassaforte, bella, bravi
1: Tirati in piedi, tirati in piedi che il gattone è nostro, tirati in piedi gattuno azzurro si lo voti, bravo, C'è bravo il che il calcio in mezzo, vai ancora, vai ancora. Vai
0: ancora, vanno,
1: vanno, Sospingi. vanno, vanno, vanno yeah.
2: Welcome
0: to the uh, Rock and Roll Six Nations Italian Special. So our first guest, uh, Lancastrian Wales fan living in Denmark and representing Italy. So uh, nationality <laughs> is so confused because show's having fucking nightmares about there. Uh, Rihanna and is <laughs> with us. Buongiorno! <laughs> Buongiorno! <Vianno> Buongiorno. <laughs> the chaotic oh, yeah. energy has started already. Oh yeah.
1: Uh, yes, hi, I'm Rihanna and I'm here representing Italy.
0: Unnaturally. Who else I like would you Italy represent?
1: And I guess you guys don't know anybody who's actually Italian.
0: So here we go. <laughs> we struggle that we talked about, we struggled to find an English fan that we talk to. So finding an <laughs> Italian
1: <laughs> You should have just had nothing but actual like Welsh guess.
0: Yeah, just all Welsh guests in different accents.
1: How do you think yeah, how do you think this game will go up for Wales?
0: Ignore everything else. We were gonna do how do you think the Wales games will go for each, team, but it's just too depressing.
1: I mean, there is a reason that I said I'd do Italy and not Wales.
0: <laughs> I'm still I'm still staying optimistic. Stupid possibly, but optimistic.
1: That's pretty much I think how I feel about Italy. So that's nice.
0: So slightly different structure to our usual pod. We're uh, we're gonna treat this like a an interview of, uh, like a job interview, I think, there'll are some of the questions you've got. We're going to fire them at Rhiannon. Cool. And she's going to give us a little insight into how the previews go in. And then me being me with like, borderline uh, issues with concentration. My <laughs> questions are a bit more they <laughs> The low level batch, I toned them down.
2: Right, so we'll start off then with the obvious. Obviously, Italy's squad has been named for the Six Nations. Um, Is there anyone in that squad, V, that you thought was a surprise pick or maybe someone you think that was left out that should have been picked?
1: I think if we're honest, there's not anyone who was left out that should have been picked. Italy don't really have the kind of depth for that yet. Um, Unless you want to talk about Sergio Parise, which I'm always happy to do. Uh, But I think realistically... While he's been in quite good form, nobody was expecting him to be picked, at least for the start. Um, so there's a couple of people who are missing through injury or withdrawn. Paledri, Bramstein, the um, German Nazis withdrawn. Jaden Hayward and Eduardo Padovani have also, I think they're injured. So that's all three specific fullbacks.
0: I thought <laughs> police could have stepped in there. Parise wants to quite retired and we know we will do anything.
1: I mean, it's a major omission, if you ask me, but I think they're just planning to spring a surprise on us towards the end, you know?
0: Well, maybe keep they'll, they'll do a quick getting. injury replacement before the first game, and then Parise will fall back. Straight <laughs> in. <straight.
1: laughs> I think there are some quite interesting picks. Um, there's an, a centre who has done the Sevens loophole, um, so he's gone from playing for Argentina. So I think, like, 33 Sevenths tournaments. Um, he plays for Benesham, and uh, he's in the squad, looking to make a debut, which is quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some extremely young players. I think maybe that's something we'll come back to. Like, the average age of this squad is 24. I think the average cap count is 12. Um, there's a 19-year-old lock. There are a number... Of nineteen or twenty-year-old front-row players, um, they're all like they're all alarmingly young. It's the kind of the eldest player is twenty-nine years old. The it's, most experienced player in the squad is Tommy Allen. <laughs> <laughs> fucking mad! It's
2: <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> the usual Italy problem, only if you've got a few standout players that you think well they're clearly good enough to get into other international teams and then large areas where you go especially in the forwards where you go severely lacking I,
1: I think yeah although I think the difference here is that I think it's actually very conscious decision. like basically what Franco Smith has done is take the last couple of crops of under twenties players who were yeah. much more successful mm-hmm. and just say fuck it, you haven't learned the bad habits that the other players have, you aren't scarred with the failures that the other players are, no one's had time to mould you differently. Yeah. And he's pretty much said that, like he basically said, like we've introduced them because of their, their positivity, they kind of are more used to winning in an Italy jersey or at least like more used to than the senior players. Um, mm. So I think they've. there are players he could have chosen with a bit more experience generally on at test level. And he's deliberately decided to not do that. And I think in doing that, he's really following on from like a lot of what Conor O'Shea did, which was yeah. um, he didn't get a lot of results at the top level, but he really put in place pathways so that the junior players could come through much faster. And that's kind of what, I think that's what we're seeing here that he's going to try and get these players up to speed um, and just create a sort of break with the past, which I think is probably one of the many reasons
0: that Parise has not been picked. <laughs> Parise is that system we were talking about, that moment. <laughs> hey, fuck it, let Parise do it.
1: Yeah, I think he's very much like, no, do not take this attitude. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I mean, It would be quite easy to look at the sort of Italian squad and go, I don't know who any of these players are, as always, but I think that's actually...
0: A good thing for a change.
1: It's a good thing for a change, and it's a very deliberate thing for a change as well. Like If you'd watched under-20s regularly the last like three or four years, you probably would know a lot of these players, and you probably would be quite excited. Maybe not for what they're going to do this tournament, but for where they might go, for sure.
2: I suppose the likes of <clears throat> like the captain Luca Bigi, and having someone like Carlo Kanner in the back line as well is obviously there just to help with their experience to sort of guide them a little bit as well, isn't it?
1: I think there is definitely like a little bit of experience. And as much as I made a joke about Tommy Allen, like Tommy Allen has he's twenty six, twenty seven, to have sixty caps, he's actually a very experienced sort of player. And I think he's not the player he was three, four years ago where you kind of could laugh at him. He's genuinely very good these days. So they they do have some experience there to help build that around. But I think they're really planning on on focusing on those young players and basically saying to the older, more experienced players, prove that you're better.
0: Mm.
1: Like Prove that you're actually better or we're not going to pick you.
0: I think Tommy, I would say that he's, he's come in and been given a run. He's been the consistent in that team. After yeah. years of them just going through like they were going out of fashion and so, what's really tens.
1: interesting is like you remember the days of Italy just picking Kelly Haimona because there was no one else to pick yeah. they've now got three fly halves in that squad and there's like a you could genuinely sort of see a scenario where they actually just play all three of them at once like <laughs> in the autumn they were playing Paolo Garbizi at 10 and uh, Carlo Canna at 12 where he was surprisingly good yeah. Um, but that was I think partly because Tommy Allen was coming back from injury now they don't have any specialist fullbacks apart from maybe Jacopo Truller, who's quite young. So you could genuinely sort of imagine a scenario where they have Gob Easy at 10, Canna at 12, and Tommy Allen at 15,
0: well, which I think would be fucking hilarious. And I'm brilliant because I, I've always liked Canna, even when he was a bit shit.
1: Yeah. But I think Canna
0: at 12 is massively better than Canna at 10. Yeah. Garbisi looks superb in flashes in the autumn. And like... I
1: think he's a perfect example of why Franco Smith is doing this. Like He just didn't look phased yeah. at all. He didn't look like he was going to be put off by getting fucking pasted. Uh, it was like his fourth senior game ever, that test debut, and he just looked completely fine. And I and... think Franco Smith is basically hoping that quite a lot of doers do this as well. They're just like, and what?
0: selling dummies like Maverickey this, oh. this is it's beautiful <laughs> to watch him. Beautiful to watch him yeah. the ball in hand.
1: I actually I was thinking the other day when I was looking at the squad obviously I've got no idea if they're gonna do this. I might sound very stupid very quickly, but I think there's with the squad they have, especially with the players they're missing, there's quite an opportunity here for Italy to sort of play like an Australia almost. And just yeah. just pick the best players in the back line. Don't put them anywhere, but, you know, just, fuck it, why not have three fly halves, three centres and one wing? Yeah, and just, yeah. like, just whatever. Like, if, if those are the best players you have available and without their main fullbacks and wing options, if, you know, they're probably going to have to do something like that. You can see, I don't know, maybe having Federico Mori on the wing. If you haven't heard of Federico Mori, look up his first ever try because it's fucking well fun. <laughs> Um, I think he scored it for Zebra in the, in the Pro 14, when technically he was like a Calvizano player.
0: Um, oh, okay. I don't know I I think no more still than is. I think I've seen that try. It's just really fun. <laughs> um, I, I think the biggest shock for anyone who knows you <clears throat> is that you're excited for a team with no fullbacks in it. <laughs>
1: that, I mean, I just sort of like Madge Positional tactical moves, basically. <laughs> like I'm just as thrilled by three five halves as three fullbacks. If I think it would actually work. It's just and, of know, anything.
0: I
2: if suppose... you give
1: me if you gave me a bat line with four centres, I'd probably be like sold pretty
2: quickly as long as some of them were nippy. Right, like, fine. <laughs> I suppose though, looking at looking at it, although it wouldn't necessarily it'd be a negative for Italy as well defensively, teams against them, you wouldn't know how they're going to attack. You wouldn't know where, the, where it's going to come from. You wouldn't know what structure they're going to try and follow. Like with Wales back in the day, it was Warren Ball It was going to go on. With, whereas with Italy, if they're playing three-five halves, you don't know who's going to come in as first receiver. You don't know who's going to run off them. You don't know. It's going to be hard for Italy to, to run their attacks, but also hard for a defensive to pick it up, I suppose.
1: I, yeah, I think it could. I mean, obviously it could be bonkers because there's definitely like a too many cuts spoiling the sort of mm. thing. But on the other hand, I think... If you've watched Italy the last, if you've watched them kind of and actually really paid attention rather than sort of rolling your eyes at their results, like there's an awful lot of individual components that are quite good. It just doesn't really gel together very well. And I think one of the reasons why Carlo Cano at 12 has helped is that having a second playmaker just makes up some of that kind of, that lack of cohesion that they have actually, because it just means that you can course correct a bit. Mm-hmm. so it might be that having three fly hearts just does that even more, and then just basically have some big lads. I, think, they they've struck,
0: I think they've sort of tried to force creating something as well with their 10s, yeah. like they've always expected their 10 to do mad shit, and then by picking up BC and Canada, it's like they can do the creative stuff, but tone it down between them.
1: Yeah, there's a little bit less pressure on either
0: one of yeah. them.
1: Yeah, and I think that... I actually think uh, Jacob O'Tullo is really, really fun. and um, The little bits that we saw of him in the Autumn Nations Cup, he, I wouldn't be annoyed if he was starting up 15. He seems like a really tidy player. But I do think there is maybe that option of, yeah, just going all in on the the three fly halves and saying, like, we don't expect any one of you to do this on your own. Yeah. Like, you know, and that kind of thing also gives you a lot more slack on the bench, like, Especially if you've got a sevens player in your match day of twenty-three, then you can have a six two split on the bench, you can say to your forwards, just empty the tank, don't worry about like the rest of it. You know, they're not going to be a South Africa, they're not going to be in England, but it does just give you a little bit more to play with. So I think yeah. Italy might now be in a really interesting position where the, the lack of sort of resources is almost helping them. Um, yeah. or it could do with this the squad they picked.
0: So, with that in mind, my first question: If you could swap one player out of that Italian team for one player from any of the other nations, who are you
1: swapping? Uh, I mean, realistically, I'm going to swap a Type Five player because I think that's where you know they really need one of the forwards. It's hard to pick the weakest Type Five player though because like half of d- them have. Half of them are like twelve and have never actually played.
2: Can I I nominate? Can I nominate one? Can you take? Can I take? Can you take Ryan Elias? Is that right? No, you can't get rid of players you don't (laughs) like. That's not how the system works.
1: Uh, I'm going to pick random uncapped hooker. I'll accept uh, Marco Manfredi. At a quick glance at the squad, and swap him for. Maybe Jamie George, I'm off the top of my head, possibly. I really like Julio Marchand for France.
0: What are those two? I would have. I would have just. So,
1: actually, I'm not going to do that because their captain is Luca BG and he's obviously going to start. So I'm going to pick a random. I'm going to pick a random prop and swap him for a better prop.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll give you a random <laughs> prop. I think I may have to push you on a better prop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Carl Sinclair. I think Carl Sinclair's pretty ah, good Ah,
0: that's a great I love Sinclair. Uh,
1: yeah, Carl Sinclair is. I would probably go for Ty Furlong if I was more confident in his fitness and his form, but in his absence, I think Sinclair seems like a pretty good shout.
0: Uh, yep, I'll take that.
1: Bit of ball carrying, bit of power yeah. in the scrum, that would definitely help Italy a lot.
0: And another big voice in the pack as well.
1: Yeah, just kind of a bit of a leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Oh, well, while we chat in players, then, um, if um, in regards to the players obviously that Italy do have, who do you think we should be looking out for as a sort of a star really, for Italy for this tournament coming up? Uh,
1: well, I've already said Federico Mori. I think he's very fun, although I admit that is mostly because I just think that try is so great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and not, realistically, I don't think he would be starting, and if he was starting. I imagine he's more likely to be on the wing than that center, which is his actual sort of regular position. Uh, especially given the injuries to Jake Bledry and Bram Stain, I think. Um, Lamarro, who is uh, he was Michelle Lamarro, I'm pretty sure his name is, he was the under 20s captain. Um, he has already captioned uh, Benison I think once a season as well despite having played very few games. He's really really clearly been identified as like a leader going forward and mm-hmm. um, there's already interviews with him in the Italian press about like um, about the mentality of the senior team, about where they're going to go. Like He's really obviously been marked um, so I think he would be a really interesting one to look at um, the the former Argentinian sevens guy, that's Ignacio Brex.
0: Yeah.
1: I have not seen him play, I'll be honest, but on the basis that sevens players moving across 15s can quite often be very fun. I think he'd be worth looking at.
2: I suppose if he's anything um, like the one that played for France in the Autumn Internationals, then we've got something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's a 19-year-old Locke that I know
1: Squidward is very excited about. I think just... Just because he's a 19-year-old lock who's been picked at test level, and that's obviously hilarious. <laughs> um, Favoretto, he's probably worth a, a little look at. And I think uh, the other one is we saw we saw a little bit of him in the autumn nations. But people who didn't watch that or didn't watch the Italy games, um, Marco Zanon, the uh, the centre, mm-hmm. also one of the kind of the young of players who's just come through, um yeah, he looks he looks tidy, he looks really good at all the nuts and the nuts and bolts of stuff. He looks like he could sort of give the backline a, a platform that they need, so you could imagine a scenario with Kanna at twelve and him at thirteen kind of hold stuff down and let whatever batch players get picked, ideally by me, uh, mm-hmm. around that some kind of actual sort of ball to play with. Um, and obviously Paolo Gabizi if you weren't watching him already but you should have been watching him already
0: yes <laughs> and i got to say if it is an exciting barely known obscure player coming into Test Rugby if anyone will know him, miss Squidge
1: oh god yeah oh, yeah. yeah I think yeah. he's actually sending sitting player Like I think he knows
0: what. <laughs> but, you know there's this, this phenomenon in football now where because football managers do so much work on players clubs started using football manager To find players, and I think rugby should do the same with switches videos. Yeah, yes. Because he's an earthing talent. I've never heard of. He's telling me about Georgian fullbacks that are coming. He's like 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 the
1: the opposite of like gobshite fans pretending they know who players are (laughs) and they get (laughs) picked. Oh, did you see that thing that was a while ago? The Man City Twitter account announced a player, a signing, and so many of the comments underneath were like. uh obviously blocks, saying, oh, yeah, I've seen this player, like, such and such a good fullback, blah, 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 I mean, exactly what we need, but And then it turned out that it was a woman. It was for the ladies' team, and they just <laughs> deliberately not put the name there just so that everyone made a dick out <laughs> of themselves. <laughs> <An idiot>. amazing. <laughs> I think they deliberately found, like, a photo that was quite androgynous as well. The whole thing was just so amazingly done. And Scridge is just, like, the opposite of that, like... Yeah. You know he has actually seen the players probably quite a few times and has genuine thoughts about them before anyone else even heard of them. Like, and
0: can break down their game. Yeah. It is, there's a, a strengths and a weaknesses of an yeah. 19 year old <laughs> playing in Ukraine.
1: I will be honest, I do not know these players quite as well, but I have seen all of the ones I've claimed I have seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen that lock, but I am also excited about him based on... Uh, on Squidger's recommendation.
0: So, into the serious question for me, and uh, what is quite difficult with Italy, who's got a shit to Yeah,
1: honestly, I can't remember what any of
0: them look like, so... Yeah, I can't <laughs> think of a shit <laughs> in Italy. I really expanded out and just go six nations, but I can't think of any Italians. Like in,
1: in the autumn nations, I feel like they mostly had fairly sensible hair. Yes. Like, I, I, I think don't the remember trouble them with standing Italy, out
2: for, for nonsense. Yeah, Since, I, since they've not had... <clears throat> like Castro and since they've not had um uh, what's the guy's name? I've forgotten his name, the brothers, the, the random haircut, the, the is, Yeah, since they've had not had those. Yeah. But either either one of them, since they've not had those with long hair, everyone else has pretty much been either bald like Parise or just short hair. There's no The thing is no one as well, that's... like
1: normally if I couldn't think of what any of them look like, I'll just default go for one of the young ones on yep. the basis that like young people have stupid hair. <laughs>
0: So we just well, pick all them. of them are really young. So we just pick a random one and say it's him?
1: I'm going to say Stephen Varney because he is both young and he plays for Gloucester. So I feel like the general prevalence of stupid hair in the English Premiership might have caught him. But I've got and, no idea what he even looks
0: like. So. And he's a Valleys boy, isn't he, Varney? So there's a he's chance that he could to. have a typical Valleys. Quick
1: or bad hair threat, then.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I say that for being deep in the Valleys. Like, but the I'm going to Google him after this and find so out what he
1: looks like. But... <laughs>
0: As well, in my head now, full valleys by haircut and a T-shirt that goes down to about his belly button. <laughs> and...
1: I think the other option might be Tommy Allen, actually, because I have a feeling that Tommy Allen normally has quite good hair and therefore might not entrust a non-professional with cutting it.
2: Oh, so when yeah, he down the bubble, it might
1: have got a bit out of hand. He's
2: gone like... So, I think yeah. he's, com-
0: he's completely made up What all the haircuts are like.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, I don't have a better answer to those two, though. So I think Shit Hair Watch is definitely more on Wales and England.
0: I mean, England have got a few contenders.
1: Absolute horrors.
0: Wales have dropped Steph Evans out, haven't called Steph Evans out, because he would be a shoe in for the worst choice, because that's a, a horrific haircut.
1: Yeah, so although Foxy was sporting a buzz cut the last game, and yeah. I understand the practicality of that, but it's not a great look for him.
0: I mean, he's handsome enough to get away with it, though. Yeah, I just mean, you know. And I think that's Italy's problem as well. I think of the Six Nations team, Italy are probably amongst the better looking.
1: So you It'd can get away usually, with shit, here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite as offensive.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> when you're a Exeter front row player
1: oh, stands man. out crimes against humanity. Some of those haircuts are Exeter. <laughs>
2: unacceptable. Hope, hopefully, one of them will change next season when he joins the suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> right, so I suppose one of the important questions really is um, what do you make of Italy's chances this year? Grand swam
1: Bitches it's on
0: <laughs> the youngsters are stepping up.
1: Uh, no, I obviously don't think that will happen. <laughs> Realistically, I think I do think still Italy would be wouldn't be lucky to win a game. If they win a game, it'll be because they've earned it. But I think they won't be expecting to win more than one game. Um, I know a lot of people say that kind of Italy are not improving, and you can see that in the results. And I. Th- I mean, I think that's kind of nonsense for a number of reasons. Like, they quite obviously are improving if you just watch them on the pitch. Um, they're not working in isolation. Everyone else is also improving, except Wales. Um, so you know, it's all you know, Italy could make a twenty percent improvement, but all England actually need to do is make like a three percent improvement, and they're still going to be a lot better. Like, it's not that's not really how it works. Um, I think one of the two things that. Franco Smith said at the launch that were really interesting, the Italian coach, he said uh, they're really looking at the last 20 minutes of games.
0: Yeah.
1: um, Where they do... I think Italy either really fade away in the last 20 minutes of the game or they score three completely irrelevant tries Mm. because the other team has given up. And I think basically what he's sort of said is, you know, we always want to be there in the last 20 scoring tries, pushing teams all the way. And they've had a couple of games in the last two or three years, where if they'd kept it up in the last 20 minutes, actually, they probably would have won. You know, they've been the better team for 40 or 50 minutes. They've just faded away too fast, too far against way more experienced teams. So I think that's very clearly something for them to target and something that they are targeting. Um, it's quite interesting to see if they go after... Wales or if they go after Scotland in terms of the one win because obviously traditionally Scotland is the team that Italy beat most occasionally it's the others but that's kind of the the game they seem to target and it is the last game so you could kind of see a logic to them saying we build up we build up everything's a work and then we put it all into play in in the last game Mm. on the other hand I think Scotland are much better now and it will be considerably harder to be them, <laughs> whether or not it's the last game. But yeah, I think that will be a big work on. And I think the other thing will be um, kind of what I touched on before, just making that squad seriously competitive within itself. So nobody is really nailed on. Um, so that everybody really feels like they have to bring it every game because otherwise some fucking 20-year-olds is going to be taking their spot for the next 10 years. Um, so I think we might see, it's possible we might see some quite sort of interesting team sheets where you'll be Googling a lot of the players. Um, but I think that will be, yeah, what we were saying earlier, it's actually, it will be a good thing if that's happening. It will be Yeah. because they're putting it up there in training and they're kind of convincing their coaches. So, so yeah, is... I would say their targets are one win, seriously competitive, so at the end of games, I'm probably just fucking taking the points. Yeah. Because they're so, not
0: clinical enough. This very <laughs> much feels like a, a sort of change in the guards view then this year, or the start of that at least.
1: Yeah, I think so. Like, I think there's been this shift since uh, since Paledri and Seb... Seb Negri started coming through. Um, mostly just because they're sort they're in the they're in the back row alongside Sergio Parisse. So just the kind of the very presence of good back row players. Yeah. Next to the iconic one that most people the only one that most people have ever heard of has made that transition kind of obvious. But I think that's really seriously in full flow now. Like to pick a team with only an average of twelve caps is it's hilarious. Like even that I think even that France team that plays England in the final of the Autumn Nations Cup, I think they might have averaged about the same caps as this squad does in total. Like yeah. um so yeah, I think it's very much about that, and I think it's very much about the next couple of years making Italy the kind of team where you can't rotate your players. Against you
2: know, yeah, that's um, the kind of team where they they deserve their place in the like the top end, the top sort of ten. They're not sort of primarily, I suppose, tenth on paper, but pushing to get higher. Whether it's against the Wales and Italy, like at least yeah. once a year, beating one of them or something. Or
1: I think we talk quite a lot about
2: like do Italy
1: deserve their place in the Six Nations and are they better than Georgia? I think people forget that that's completely fucking irrelevant. The Six Nations is a private members club. It's not a meritocracy. (laughs) Italy got let in because of the TV market and the cool trip to Rome. Um, Those things aren't going to change anytime
0: soon. (laughs) They give us Uh, red wine and pizzas. What do you offer us, Georgia?
1: (laughs) I mean, the fact is they're in the Six Nations and the set of the Six Nations means they aren't going anywhere and talking about it is is stupid because it does make you angry. (laughs) But also, I think actually, like, yeah, I I think it's pointless, I don't think George would be any better, but I think the Six Nations needs to have a situation where you can't rotate your squad and still get a bonus point easily. Yeah. And for the last couple of years, that has been a case against Italy. It's been way too easy to put a proper second 15 out. I know not every team does that, but quite a few have. Um, And still rack up a pretty serious points difference. Like, They can't be that team. Or they can't be the team where you put out your first team to make sure that your points difference is in your favour at the end of the tournament. Um, And for me, an Italy team who you have to actually respect and take seriously rather than politely pretending that you do (laughs) is is what the tournament needs like you can't have six incredibly good teams all at the same time look how shit fans have been for 10 years yeah fans have been offensively bad for most of the last 10 years (laughs) and now they are amazing (laughs) but it moves you know Wales and Ireland have been shites at times in the last 20 years, Scotland have been embarrassing as well. Like, yeah, England have had other things. But it's it's ludicrous to think that all six teams are going to be world-beating all the time. Like, having two, three, four, that's already pretty cool. I think Italy just need to make sure that... I think the tournament needs Italy to be good enough to be seriously competitive, and Italy needs to do that in order to get to a place where they are then actually taking scalps, putting themselves in a position to get the increased funding that you get from finishing my up the table. Not in this World Cup, where they're in a pool with fucking France and New Zealand, but maybe the next one, they'll have a chance of finally making a
0: quarter-final. (laughs) That's kind of where they're finding themselves at the end, because they're that third team in the group. And they've always got two big teams you think they're probably... And they're always good, good
1: enough to be the third team. They're yeah. always good enough and to... Sort to of self qualification. of But yeah, and I think that's got to be... If you look at it seriously, like that's got to be a thing for them. And realistically, they're not going to be beating France or New Zealand in the, in the next World Cup. Yeah. But they've got to... They're putting that stuff in place at the lower levels, at the youth levels, the pathways, the kind of the domestic teams below the... Pro 14, all of that stuff is is seems like it's falling into place now. So the rest of it
0: will come. Well, this was the point that I made with the Italian team, is realistically, since they've come into the Six Nations as well, they've had a massive upheaval beneath them because yeah. they've they've lost their teams and their own league to bring in these two super teams. Then they lost one of those and brought a new one in. Then they lost the other one of those. Then they've had a complete rebrand and and so everything's changed. And then you look at like Parma, were one of the big teams yeah. here, and had to drop and down to the fourth tier. And so
1: Erone, was that?
0: Yeah, Erone. Yeah. And
1: they're also they're playing against like the five five of the best resource nations in the world. Yeah, that's their regular fixture. If they were in a tournament against like Georgia, Fiji, Namibia, and like. Uh, Uruguay you know the results they'd be getting would obviously be better they wouldn't be top of that necessarily or even always second or third but they'd have far better results they'd have players who were used to winning they'd have players who were used to closing out games and not just relentlessly having their asses handed to
0: them like you sound like Gus Shaw now what we need is a league of nations <laughs> <laughs> I'd be great if I was in charge of World Rugby. <laughs> so um, I'm sure it will not come to a shock to know that uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic at the minute. Really? So what? Which Six Nations player would you least like to lock down with? Oh, God. <laughs> the list is so long. No.
1: Uh, what I least like to lock down
0: with? Least. I thought most would be easy. It's least we won. We won the dirt.
1: I mean, any one of those extra players for England feel <laughs> like I'd want to spend a lot of time punching. Uh,
0: because the foil hat, uh <laughs> one sitting on top of your microphone, I'd get your at.
1: Yeah. Their idea of being interesting is not my idea of
2: being interesting. <laughs> <laughs> or anyone else's idea of being interesting.
1: Yeah. Fucking <laughs> Rob uh, <and> <laughs> Um Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I think the main thing is Professional athletes tend to be quite boring. Yeah. Like, it's sort of very understandably. I was talking to a mate of mine about this earlier today about cricket, but like, obviously, you're kind of quite boring because it's an incredibly regimented, monomaniacal sort of lifestyle from a very young age. So, I think the ones, most of them are really dull, and the ones that aren't dull are fucking mental.
0: Yeah, it's either really boring or I'm mad, I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. is
1: obviously like the standout example of not that because he's clearly quite like intelligent and interesting and not air quotes interesting. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he would be bouncing around the house telling you all of like fascinating facts that are not facts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Pick he's not Henry, five Henry Slade? Is he even- I wouldn't uh, want to hang out with so yeah, Henry Slayer seems fucking annoying <laughs> I don't
0: know. really follow
1: any, I don't really follow any of them on like Twitter or Instagram though no, so I have no real sense of specifically how boring or annoying they would be
0: well follow Harry Williams because he is interesting
2: no. in a court. hard no immediately <laughs> <laughs> We'd um, right, so like we gave you a bit of a, a challenge for 30 seconds to sell Italy to us uh, as to why you think they're going to win the Six Nations this year. So fire away.
1: Uh, because I can't think of anything fucking funnier than, one, Italy winning the Six Nations this year, and two, Italy somehow winning the Six Nations with like a Sergio Parise drop goal. Like... The last 18 months have been completely insane. That's the tournament outcome we need. And if you think otherwise, you are just fucking wrong. I don't know if that was 30 seconds, but that is my pitch. Be more fun. Support
0: Italy. You can fill the last 15 seconds <laughs> with singing A465.
1: <laughs> I am the most tone-deaf person. You really, really don't want me singing anything. <laughs> so <over> A465. <laughs> That's true, but I'd somehow make it worse. I, think. I, but I, I don't know, I just think... Obviously, there is no bigger underdog team than Italy in the Six Nations. Like, they're young, they're talented, they're exciting. Don't crush on their dreams, you fucking assholes.
0: I'm more than happy with that. Bring
1: some joy and some batshitness to the tournament,
0: and they're not <laughs> England. And that. <laughs> so, my the final question for
1: final game was in this tournament, and I. Like... <laughs> He actually got his send-off at <laughs> full-back <laughs> <laughs> and he dropped a goal to win. Unbelievably funny. Yeah,
0: absolutely, I can't think of anything better.
1: Also, because... I mean, I, I could go on a long time about this and I won't, but I've seen and heard quite a few people point out how little dignity there is in Parisio's like, determination to sort of retire on his own terms. And I just want to point out that the man has lost more than 100 tests <laughs> there has been no fucking dignity in that career whatsoever like that is not an objection to his selfish obsession with getting the
0: retirement just leave him out there there we go
1: say goodbye of course it's ludicrous of course it's self-absorbed so fucking what like you lose a hundred more than a hundred tests and then come back to me and say you don't want to send that off
0: that's quite there. um my final one before right I say that, and then we'll end with a, a quick fire um oh. inverdale woodward jiffy shag marry avoid oh
1: get fucked. <laughs> inverdale woodward jiffy i've i've got, I've got
0: shag marry kill written down so if you really can want I to take kill that them angle. All? what's that can
1: i kill like can I kill them all afterwards
0: what so like shag them and kill them? So
1: like, i'll 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 pick a shag and marry but I get to kill all three of them as like as a
0: reward oh, for, for, I don't influence you but I think if that's the case marry Woodward because he looks like he's got money
1: yeah good call po- good call good call uh, oh, so horrible and repulsive though um, shag Jiffy because it's funny and I could shout numbers at him that would 69. at least be entertaining <laughs> I was going to go with just the literal word numbers but yeah sure. <laughs> No purpose, Jiffy, no <laughs> yeah, all right. Shag and then kill Jiffy, marry and then kill Woodward and just fucking kill John in the
0: happy you have up there.
2: <laughs> Thank you so, for well. putting these images into my mind. That's
0: you. all right. Sleep well tonight.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Um, and the final one for me then, obviously, before Steph does a little quick quiet, Um what's your overall prediction of how the table's going to finish?
1: Oh, I think it's probably just going to be the same as the last two tables, except maybe Ireland and Scotland swap around because I think they play at Murrayfield. And Scotland kind of deserved to win last season uh, in Dublin, in my opinion. So uh, England first, France second, Scotland third, Ireland fourth, Wales fifth, Italy sixth. Although I would obviously prefer it if England went from first to sixth and everyone else just shoveled up one.
0: Except for Italy. Just swap Italy and... and well, yeah, that would be
1: the dream scenario, but I was at least vaguely aiming at some realism. France first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think the only possible sort of alternative is that is that France find like beat England. Um, But I think I think France Grand Slam or nothing. Um, Otherwise, I think it will just turn out like last year and the alternations where England might get beat or they might get close to beat, but they'll close out enough games with enough points that they'll just win anyway. So we all have to hope that we lose to France, is what I'm saying.
0: uh, (laughs) I'm not sure I'm hoping for it, but I think it's a strong reality. Is (laughs) we all have to absolutely
1: accept it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, but I think realistically uh, that's the most likely outcome just the same with Ireland and Scotland top around
0: so um, I'm going to round roll off with some quick fires so I'm my so my fire... kind of thing <laughs> so... it's literally, it's either or so I'm okay. going to give you All right,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm going to
0: give you two and you just pick one and you can give a short explanation if you want to or we can just move on to the next one just fine, nothing so BBC or ITV? Uh, BBC Benetton or Zebra? Benison. venison, uh, panacotta or tiramisu, ooh tiramisu, good pick. Perise or Pledri?
1: banter pick Perise, actual player Pledri. Uh
0: Black box or 65? I sixty five.
1: I I, feel, I would I would not know more than one song by either Eiffel sixty five. <laughs> I
0: guess. Uh, Luca Bg or the actual Bgs. Uh, Luca Bg. Pizza or pasta? Unfair. Pick one. Cruel. Uh,
2: ugh, pizza. pizza. Pizza with pineapple. No. Um,
0: and finally, morrow at nine or Boris in number 10?
1: Morrow at nine?
0: Or Maro. Boris. Mauro, ma- Bergamasco. Oh, All right. Okay. I thought I told 10. you.
1: It was, like, was really obvious. <laughs> uh, I, still obvious, I think. Yeah, Bergamasco at nine. Yes me down. That was less stressful than I anticipated.
0: Yeah, see, you've, you've got a, I've got a bad rep. <laughs> have I convinced you? I'm
1: guessing not.
0: <laughs> I think if Italy finished fifth, it would be one hell of an achievement. As long as Wales don't have a tournament like last year, because that means us
2: finishing sixth.
1: I mean, I think realistically, if Italy finish fifth, it, it, it will probably be beating uh, Wales.
2: If, if, if Italy finish fifth and it's not Wales, then this tournament has been batshit crazy. Because that's going, to mean, that's going to mean one of the two favourites are near the bottom or Ireland or Scotland, which I can't see happening.
0: But if Italy finish fifth and Wales don't finish sixth then it means this has been a fucking good tournament compared to what we expected. We can all be
1: be very happy. I think the main thing I would say about Italy is just they've been very turgid and frustrating and disappointing for quite a few years. And I think this Italian team will bring a little bit of joy. And I think that's fucking great. And that's what we should focus on.
0: Italy 21, a new hope. Woo! we get a, weirdly, with stars, a,
1: a weirdly wholesome message from me. Where is my sister? <laughs> yeah, system? what's going
0: on? <laughs> Are you sure you've booked the right person? She's come on, extolling <laughs> the virtues of no fallback. I think I might optimistic.
2: be. I think I might be over <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to end it as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This has been fun. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks very much. For it's been absolutely superb. Thanks, Rowan.
2: When Italy do
1: win, can I please come back and tell you my incredibly detailed plans for Sergio Aparicio's retirement party? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. You can yeah, definitely. get it. Absolutely worth it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Ray.
2: Thanks very much, Rowan.
0: Cheers.
2: You've been listening to
1: Rock and Roll in association with Health and Adversity, tackling mental health together.